It's right up my street, it's my boulevard, it's right up my straza, oh my god, it's garden right up there, oh, it's right up my podcast. Ooh. Welcome to Right Up My Podcast. My name's Kate White. And my name's Gwen Watson. And this is the podcast in which we talk to um, really brilliant minds yeah. about the really brilliant ways that they have to make us feel good. This episode, we're talking to Leslie Draffin all about cyclical living. So Leslie is a menstrual cycle coach and she helps women to basically better understand their bodies, better understand their cycles and live in a way that works with what their bodies need as opposed to fighting against it. It's a really interesting chat. It's super interesting. And can I just say that um, hopefully it will be super interesting for the men amongst you or those of you who also don't have periods because let's face it periods affect all of us am I right just ask my dad um anyway yeah this could change our lives Kate it could it could and maybe it already has done find out soon find out (laughs) Um, just a few moments time But anyway, Gwen, what have you been doing to make yourself feel good? Um, All right. I'm glad you've asked. Um, I've actually brought in some help for this one. Excellent. Um, I want to talk about life hacks, life hacks that have made me feel good. I bloody love our life hack. I love a bloody life hack. And I should have given you some preparation for this actually Kate so you could have thought of your own okay but um I actually put a post out on Facebook the other day telling people my life hack and inviting people to tell me theirs so I've got a list of them so one of them for example like my freezer has Mm -hmm. just really oh god is to really come into its own so one of my favorite life hacks (laughs) what can it do oh my god (laughs) blue cheese right if I've got blue cheese in my fridge I will eat it all but but I learned the other day you can pop it in your freezer and oh. then you can just grate it onto things. Oh, life hack alert. Oh, I did not God. know this. It's so good. And and so just today I just had some like some rice cakes with butter and blue cheese on. Oh. Because I've not eaten it all in one go because I've still got it in my freezer. That skills. Yes. Skills, skills, skills. So you're basically and- putting blue cheese on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast cereal. Mmm. Mmm. No, but we had it on soup the other day. Absolutely oh. delicious. Nice. Um, all right. Um, another one is, this is still freezer related, frozen spinach. You know, like often in a recipe would just go, oh, yeah, whack some spinach in. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to have a massive bag of fresh spinach, which I'm going to struggle to get through. Yeah. Let, fr- bag of frozen spinach. I've used it a few times recently. And each time I'm like, oh, my God, I bloody love this. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So other people have replied with some of their life hacks. Here yeah. we go. Kat, she says, packing duvet sheet and pillowcase into the remaining pillowcase. So I just grab and deploy rather than having to search through the cupboard. Oh, so each pillowcase has like a bedding set in it. In it. Clever. Oh, my God. Well done, Kat. So good. Oh, here's another frozen one. Tanya says frozen avocado for those instant guacamole moments. (gasps) Holy shamoly. I know, right? Oh, here's a good one. Delia says, I was told if if you burn yourself, immerse it in sugar. So when I burnt my finger, I stuck it in the sugar bowl for about an hour and it took all the fire out of it and didn't develop a blister. Wow. Sugar bowl. I just, yeah. Oh, my God. More freezer ones. Mena says buying a largish amount of ginger if it's going cheap on the market stall. Chopping, grating it into pre-measured quantities and freezing individually so it can be used in curries and stir fries. Also do the same with garlic. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's quite labour intensive, though. My inner lazy boy is, not, is, is freaking out. At I can this see I'm losing you here. There's a glassy-eyed look in your eye. Hey, OK, we've really people who are embracing the... David says, juice ginger and put into ice cube trays. Strong ginger tea on demand. Ooh, yum. David also like has says he's given up pairing odd socks. He now wears them odd. Yes, embrace the odd socks. Yeah, man. I love this one, but I'm not quite sure of it. Oshie, she says, if I have to go get up super early to go to the gym, for example, and want to max out on sleep, I get dressed in my clean clothes and sleep. <laughs> That's genius. That's brilliant. <laughs> Ready to roll five minutes before I have to leave the house. <laughs> Did you know, I saw a clip from Kim Kardashian saying that if she's got a super early start the next day, she'll go to bed with her full glam makeup on, lie there, wake up, and she says she's just one of those sleepers that just sort of, 
sleeps in one position and doesn't move all night and she can get up with her full face of you know like full-on <laughs> inch worth of plastic makeup oh and start her day straight into the photo shoot i mean that sounds insane that does sound insane her skin <laughs> must be so bad underneath all of that we were brought up thinking that if you went to bed with your eye makeup on yeah. basically it was going to be the absolute ruin yeah. of you you'd and your like, skin forever yeah you look like pat butcher the next day yeah <laughs> or dot cotton <laughs> overnight <laughs> i would without a doubt in my mind wake up looking like pat butcher with <laughs> the rest of the makeup all over my pillowcase <laughs> yeah exactly that's amazing i know life so kate what have you got what have you got well, I mean, you've put me on the spot here with life hacks. Yes. So leave that. <laughs> so suffice I to say. I want one now. <laughs> can I think of a single one? I'll probably have one by the time we get to the end of our outro and then I'll. I'll Let's uh, see. By the I'll end of the podcast, perhaps. All right. Yeah. So, dear listener, you have to stick it out till the end just in case. <laughs> and, and if you guys listening have got any good life hacks, we want to hear them because anything to make life easier can only be a good thing. Right up my podcast at gmail.com. Um, so, Kate, what have you been doing to make yourself feel good? Well, I went, and I did mention it in the last one that I was going to do it, I went to a retreat. Oh, I've never yes. been one before. It was a full day, and it was at this kind of bespoke centre down in Wiltshire, and it was so beautiful. I basically spent the day, we did like two hours of yoga to start off Were you with. in a robe? Can I just get the picture painted? I wasn't in a robe. I was in oh. my own clothes, unfortunately. Okay. Slightly, okay. slightly annoying. <laughs> um, so we did yoga, meditation, gong bath. Um, we even did a little cheeky bit of vision boarding. Might have an episode on that at some no point, way. mightn't we? Yes. But the gong bath, oh my God. Basically, all I want to do now with all my spare time is lie on a heated floor with a blanket over me listening to gongs being banged oh. in the corner of the room. It is so relaxing. It's incredible. And she's a shaman, so she was doing all of this sort of shamanic chanting and prayers and things and rattling and shaking. So did it feel good? It felt incredible. And what was really weird, so the gong bath was quite long, so you do get into quite a deep trance state with it after a while. Mm. And weirdly, out of the blue, I'd kind of... I don't know if I was drifting out of sleep even. I, I wasn't really... There was no kind of dreams or thoughts coming into my brain by this stage. I'd properly zoned out. And then suddenly, out of the blue, this vision of these eyes came up super close, really intently came into my mind's eye and then disappeared again. And I happened to mention it to the the lady doing it afterwards. And she was like, oh, it's probably one of your guides, like one of your... Um, you you talk about your guides quite a lot, don't you? And it's not something that I've really ever thought about. She was like, it's yeah. probably one of your guides just peering in and letting you know that they were there. It was so intense I love and so this. vivid. It was really surreal experience, actually. Wow. So maybe there was something in that meditative state where you were actually just really letting go of everything and being open. Yeah, yeah, and... quite likely. Yeah. And all of the other noise that normally fills your brain and distracts you from maybe being able to see or hear a certain layer of things just went. And yeah, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I then had to drive an hour and a half to get home, which was not great. <laughs> After all that, like, so, like, floaty. It's like, all right then, bye, everybody. I'll see I'll ya. Sit on the <laughs> <motorway for them. laughs> Got to fill up with fuel, get a Kit Kat. Off we go. <laughs> Can a little. I'm listening sorted. to Radio Swindon. <laughs> Um, Um, I love stuff like that and do you know what I think sometimes you've just I had something very similar recently um, with a woman who I went to see I've I've spoken before about losing my husband suddenly in my 20s and I've basically still got trauma in my body about it and I went to see this woman because I've still got yeah about freeing the trauma in my body and we were doing something similar and talking about my um, dead husband being in the room and I felt it and we've got I feel like we've got a choice haven't we in that moment we can either kind of go this is rubbish or we can kind yes. of go do you know what I'm gonna go with it because actually yeah. I feel good in this moment and you kind of mm. and you kind of go what's the harm in going yeah. with it so yeah, yeah. What's the harm in going, yeah, that's my spiritual guide? Exactly. Or, what is the harm? And yes. that's it. And if it makes you feel good and it makes you feel comforted, then it's like, well, great. I don't understand it. I don't know if there's anything real in it. But what I do know is that it's 
been a really nice experience and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And I'm open to it. Yeah. And I would much rather actually live in a world where we do have spiritual guides and that where my my dead husband is trying to guide me and heal my heart. And I would much rather live in that world than the world that I usually live in, which is me just thinking we're a bunch of cells who go nowhere and disappear into the dust. I like to think that we all float off somewhere and that there is more than we can see and understand going on around us. I totally agree with you. And think of the things sort of 200 years ago that scientists were adamant were real and now we think is just laughable. So who knows what in another 200 years we'll have learned that shapes and changes the way we think about things that we thought were set in stone in 2023. Yeah, exactly. We used to laugh at the at the notion of you needed to wash your hands before operating on somebody. And now yeah. look, you need to wash your hands before you go into a bloody cinema, darling. So, you know. Exactly, an <laughs> operating theatre. <laughs> yeah. um, now, have you been watching anything good that we should all be watching? Oh, my God. I have. I have. I've been in a bit of a film marathon, most of which you've already mentioned. So I watched Everything Everywhere all the time. Bloody loved it. So Absolutely good. Absolutely brilliant. Everything Everywhere so all good. at once. Yep. Yeah, all at once. I for me it all was the all the time. time. <laughs> I did my own spin on it. Also watched the menu with Ralph Fiennes. Ooh, Love that. Have not seen it. Is it good? Definitely recommend it. It's brilliant. I thought it's dark. It's twisted. It's beautiful. And just quickly, because I don't want to bore everyone with my long list of entertainment, I also went Bristol Old Vic. Have you heard of a theatre company called Theatre Complicité? And it's Simon yes. McBurn. Yeah, so they had a premiere of a new show called Drive Your Plough Over Bones of the Dead. And it's based on a um, a Nobel Prize winning Polish book of the same name about events that happened around in the sort of 1950s. And it's brilliant. And it was amazing. And I think it's a touring, well, they're a touring company. So I think they'll be going to various different cities. So I would check out their website, Complicite, Theatre Complicite. Look yeah. at you, culture to the bloody max, darling. Cultured up to the eyeballs. Feel like wow. I need to watch a little bit of Love Island or something. Yeah. Just to bring me back you need down to just to catch ground. up on Emily in Paris just to, yes. just to redress oh. the balance. How about you? Have you watched anything good thrown to the mix? Well, have I? Oh, Slow Horses on Apple TV with the guy whose name I always bloody forget. Um, Gary Oldman. If you've got Apple TV, Slow Horses on Apple TV, absolutely bloody love it. It's about basically the people who've been cast out from MI5 for being a bit shit or or doing slightly naughty things. So that, I've just wrapped up the first series. We've now started second. That's really good. Um, what else? Oh, I started watching Happy Valley because everybody's banging on about it. I've never seen it. So I thought, OK, I'll start at the start. And so I've started you and me both, girl, because I was the same. Right. And everyone's like, no, you can't just start halfway through the last series. So I've gone back to the beginning. So I'm yes. like, no, don't tell me anything. Okay, yes. well, this is good. We can go on this journey together. Excellent. Because I think there is a second wave of, um, much like feminism back in the 60s, there's a second wave of Happy Valley viewers. <laughs> um, because <laughs> Just because... like feminism in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> no, much like, um, much like Game of Thrones. Do you remember like after the Red Wedding? There was already loads of people watching it and banging on about it. And then when the Red Wedding happened, there was such a massive response in social media that everybody else started watching it. I think we are the second wave of Happy Valley viewers because this current season is getting such great feedback. There's now loads of us who are now starting from the beginning. So, yeah, we we can represent all of you lot. I feel like I found a new tribe. This is good. I think that's about it. Yeah, another one I've been watching, which is on Netflix. No, the BBC is called Search Party. And okay. um, that's quite fun. Um, shall I just leave it there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That's all I need. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I'm watching. Is it as fun as the documentary about Moss that I watched on Friday night? I doubt it very much. <laughs> Rock and roll. I did think. So my um, my mum came today and she was like, I've read this review of this, uh, this documentary. Let's watch it. So I was like, okay, you know, I watched a documentary about mushrooms recently. That was really interesting. Let's watch exactly. a documentary about Moss. Yeah. But halfway through I did think man I am not rock and roll anymore am I (laughs) Friday night (laughs) documentary about moss bring it on did it add to your life I mean yeah I have a newfound respect for moss 
I yeah. can say that my opinion of Moss was prob- was you know I did not own an opinion about Moss before. And now you have. But what's incredible about Moss? There's a sentence I never thought I'd hear myself saying. <laughs> what is amazing? <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that come out from your lips <laughs> about Moss. Is that basically it was one of the very first things to come and grow out of the primordial soup. Oh. But if there was some crazy nuclear Armageddon, you can't hear this, listener. But I'm waving my arms around like some insane Moss obsessed. <laughs> scientist as I speak to Gwen here <laughs> but if there was some crazy nuclear war well the only which could happen th- uh, be, yeah touch wood people touch should wood the, should the humans destroy the planet uh, yeah, crazy idea d- destroy themselves <laughs> the, yeah the main like moss would survive along with the cockroaches those uh... would be the things that would just sit in there happy going we're okay we're okay you're all fucked but we're okay <laughs> we <laughs> should pay we should pay anthem. more deference to moss then we yeah should... and that's what it says don't go around like spraying your lawn with mossy sides or whatever they're called don't go around scraping it off your driveway you're out pulling it out of your walls moss is your friend let the moss grow moss is incredible love this um thank you kate you never know what you're gonna get on right on my podcast are you? <laughs> we cover everything cyclical well, living what, and moss <laughs> speaking of documentaries and speaking of um the start of the world exploding out of the sea i watched a documentary on volcanoes oh um which i think was called fire of love oh i think i've watched this is it a couple yes is it about a couple who study it's a volcanoes French yes couple i watched who that. study volcanoes and yes. then they basically dedicate their whole life to being volcanists yes. and don't know if that's the word and they I'm go pretty out sure that's what spock was wasn't he a volcanist yeah that's what i suddenly thought <laughs> of was spock maybe i'm not right um but anyway they they then dedicate their lives to kind of trying to help people and they do help people um you know cities and towns and countries to evacuate people from impending doom and death doom from and volcanoes gloom. but it, it, yeah. it in but i guess maybe inevitably they end up succumbing to a volcano themselves so it's actually like this beautiful love story really amazing fascinating story about actual volcanoes volcanoes but also tragic yeah really tragic whereas moss has been here forever and will be here forever the end and nobody died in the making of that documentary no no moss was damaged in the making of this documentary (laughs) good to know Uh, it's right up my podcast Now, before we get started, we'd just like to remind you about our Patreon. This is where we put all our episode extras for free. And for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can join the very exclusive Rump Club. Yes, as a member, you will get access to extra Wiffle Waffle from Kate and I, behind the scenes content, music and lyrics from our incredible jingles. And we're even going to put some bonus episodes up there too. The funds from Patreon go towards covering our running costs, as well as earning our unending love and gratitude so if you'd like to become one of our supporters and join the rump club head on over to patreon.com forward slash write up my podcast thank you so this is episode 38 all about cycle syncing aka cyclical living It is indeed. And we are talking to Leslie Draffin. Now, Leslie is a menstrual cycle coach who helps women to better understand their bodies, learn to collaborate with their changing hormones and use their cycle to boost productivity and general well-being. I mean, who doesn't want to do that, right? So we started our conversation with Leslie by asking her, what is cyclical living? So the way that I describe cyclical living is living in tune with your menstrual cycle in the way that you eat, in the way that you move your body, in the self-care choices that you make. And it really boils down to this idea that your body is very wise um, and your cycle is really important. And when you can align with it, your life will be a lot easier and you'll be happier and more productive. Because what are the different things? I mean, obviously, if you're a woman or if you're a person with a womb, then you have a pretty good idea of how your hormones affect you through and how we fluctuate throughout the month. But but some people might not know. What are the different areas that, yeah. that it can affect? You're always somewhere in your menstrual cycle. And the way that you would track it is the first day of your menstrual cycle is the first day of your period. And then the last day of that menstrual cycle is the day before your next bleed. 
So within those days, and the average is somewhere between 24 and 35 days, depending on your age, within those days, you have multiple phases. And those phases are really when we see our hormones go up and down, they spike at different times, and they, you know, plummet at others. And so it's within those, those phases of the cycle that you get the energy highs or the the problems focusing or the challenges of PMS. And so the first thing is really to understand, you know, what is your cycle like? Because everyone's is different. Yeah, of course. So this is not a one one trick suits all. That's not the phrase, is it? A one one exactly. trick suits one shoe fits all as everybody. the famous <laughs> something a one shoe pony. Um so how do people, so is it all down to tracking then to find out? Yeah, I think with tracking, people get super overwhelmed by it, but it's really very simple the way that I ask people to track. It's just starting to tune into what your body says to you and to listen to what the fuck it says, right? Because sometimes your body says it needs a nap, but you've already paid for the exercise class later in the day and you don't want to lose that money. But like, if you continue to ignore the relationship with your body, then it doesn't want to be your friend. That's when hormonal problems pop up. So I always say it's better to lose out on the $20 or whatever okay. than it is to continue to ignore what your body is saying. Yeah. And so it's it's very simple. I have my clients ask themselves a couple of very simple questions every day. It's what do I feel like physically? mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. What can I do to nourish myself today? What would I complain about to a friend? And what's a big win or what's going great? Okay. And so listeners can start doing that right now. You don't have to know where you are in your menstrual cycle. Just start answering those questions in a little journal today. Two minutes, three minutes. The only thing I ask is that you never use the word fine. <laughs> you don't feel fine. Fine is not an emotion. Um, it's not a feeling. And so... Day after day after day, you start to produce data. Okay. And that hardcore data is what will help you uncover your unique cycle blueprint. And when you get the blueprint after several cycles, then you start planning your life around it. And that is when you can start living truly in alignment with your cycle. Okay, so you need to start off just just do, just monitoring and documenting and mm -hmm. watching what's happening and just building exactly. up that bigger picture because there are all sorts of apps you can use actually to log all this info, right. can't they? And then you can get this really great almost like a graph to <laughs> see how your mm -hmm. months are going. I've got one. I won't I mean there's a million out there. I won't bore you all with it. But I've got one that I use and it's quite useful actually. It's quite good. Oh god, tell us what it is, Kate. Balance, I think it's called. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of that? Leslie? No, no I, I haven't. I use one called Clue. Okay. Oh, I've mm. heard of Clue. Okay. Yep. Now, are y'all putting in your your temperature every day or are you just tracking symptoms? I am. Oh. I absolutely nothing. I just, when I remember it, I manage to put in when I've actually got my period. I don't actually sure. remember Likewise. to put in <laughs> anything <course>. else. <laughs> it is bonkers that we don't, isn't it? It is. It really is. And doesn't your temperature, though, fluctuate throughout the day anyway? Mm -hmm. So I guess you just got to be yes. consistent at the time of day that you... Sure. Yeah. Yep. So what you would do, and this is another more advanced level of cycle tracking, um, it's called your basal body temperature. And so that is your temperature at your resting state. So the second you get up in the morning, before you get up out of bed, take a sip of water or anything, you know, snooze the alarm clock, grab this thermometer that is a specific type of thermometer. Um, not very expensive. There are very expensive ones, but... The key here is that you want it to have two numbers after the decibel. Mm. Uh -huh. And so you would take your temperature every day. It would log into the app or you would track it on a paper graph. And you would see that at ovulation, your temperature spikes just a tiny little bit and stays elevated right until you bleed. Huh. Um, when you're very on about this, when you remember to do this, you can predict within a day of when your period's going to start so you don't have surprises right. um, because you'll see the temp fall again. Okay. So yeah. temp, So there's, so just kind of breaking down then these different elements. We've got the obvious one, the bleed for people mm -hmm. who, um, th that happens. Um, temperature, mm -hmm. mood, mm -hmm. how tired you are. Correct. What other things are we looking for? You're looking at your 
your metabolism. You're looking at um, physical energy, physical strength. And see, all of these things in the menstrual cycle, it's important to understand, it is what's known as an infradian rhythm. Ooh. So you've probably heard of the circadian rhythm, oh, yeah. right? Circadian rhythm. I think everybody really gets that. They mm. won a Nobel Prize with all the research about the circadian rhythm. Well, people with periods have an infradian rhythm, and that just means that it's a cycle longer than a day, right? Circadian is a day-long cycle. Oh. Infradian is longer. Ah. And the infradian rhythm kicks in at puberty and lasts until menopause. So 40 to 45 years for most people with periods. Now, what's interesting about the infradian rhythm is that it is directly linked to the menstrual cycle. And so what happens is it affects things like your brain chemistry, your metabolism, your mood, your physical energy, your focus. And it also brings you certain unique gifts and some challenges throughout its cycle length. Um, and, and just like the menstrual cycle, right? It, it's whatever your menstrual cycle is, is how long your infradian rhythm is. So when you start to track with those little journal entries, you will then start to feel the differences in the phases throughout your infradian rhythm. And so the four phases, the the medical terms are follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstrual. Okay. The way that I teach it... So these it, are the four stages of your cycle. Exactly. The way that I teach it and what makes so much more sense to me is... Inner spring is the follicular phase, which is right after your period is over. Okay. Inner summer is ovulation. Inner fall is your luteal or the PMS phase. And inner winter is when you menstruate. Oh. And I like to talk about it in inner seasons because people get that. Yeah. You know, I wish I'd been taught that as a child because I would have been able to compute that information versus all of these long, you know, wordy words. <laughs> Seasons make sense. Now, in Texas, where I am, seasons are obsolete. <laughs> like, it's really just summer, 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 and then winter for a week, and then summer again. Like It's it's insane. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So when we think about the outer seasons and relate it to our inner infradian rhythm, it makes more sense. Okay, what happens in the spring? Things start to bloom, right? The earth is waking up just like you wake up internally and energetically most often after you are done with your period. Yes. Okay. That's my favorite part of my cycle. I wish yeah. I could harness okay. that. You can harness it. You can harness it if you start to understand what exactly is going to happen during those phases for mm. you. When you start to pay more attention, you can start to plan your life around that phase of your cycle. You can put things in that cycle that are difficult in other cycles, uh, mm. phases of the cycle. Yeah. Um, the phase that gets like the most shit is inner fall, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's also the longest, but it's my favorite because oh. that is when progesterone is at its peak, which can be a very calming hormone. But for me, it, it means that I have laser focus on menial bullshit tasks that <laughs> yes. I don't want to do at any other point, yeah. like bookkeeping, cleaning the house, like organizing that kicks in during inner fall because what else happens in fall? You're getting ready for winter. It's like that old analogy, like the squirrel getting ready for winter, like putting all those little nuts Something away. About nuts. Like that's me. <laughs> yeah. Something about a nut. Put your nuts Something away. <laughs> puts your nuts away. Um, so that's so this like is me right in before fall. the period. That's your inner fall. Right. This is when, yeah, when I had a full time job, this is when I would just be doing my finances, entering data into exactly. a spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All of those things. And then summer. So inner summer is when you ovulate, and it is the shortest phase of the menstrual cycle. Usually it lasts three to six days. Um, ovulation is actually only one day, one 24-hour day. Catch it if you can. It's technically right. And so your fertile window will be about six days because sperm can live in the body up to five, six days prior to ovulation. But inner summer is kind of for me, one of the trickiest things to pinpoint because it's a subtle energy shift out of inner spring. So you're going to be very social. You're going to feel sexy as hell most often. Yeah, um, and you also might feel sweatier. Oh, <laughs> because, you know, sexy, I often sweaty. do. My favorite sexy combo. and sweaty. <laughs> but it's when you are very outgoing. It is the peak of the yang energy of your your inner seasons. Um, and yang is a very outward, um, more masculine, let's do, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And you can keep up with that at that time. 
because your mental focus is on fire. You are very strong at this point. So if you're someone who likes to work out, you might notice that you'll hit PRs at the gym at this point. And then the shift to inner fall is again, a subtle shift because I think some people expect this to just be, okay, seven days after my period, boom, I'm in this. Now I'm in this. It's very subtle energy shifts. And that's why those questions are so important because you might start to notice, oh, This is when I've shifted from spring to summer and summer to fall. But speaking about summer into fall, you'll notice that you'll slowly start to feel less energetic. You may feel like the weight that you lifted a week ago is just impossible to lift at the gym. Mm. And that's just because of the fact that as your body goes through that transition into the phase right before your period... The infradian rhythm, which, like I said, is governing things like your energy and your metabolism and your physiology, is saying, okay, it's time to slow down a bit and conserve that energy. Um, The other really so important and interesting thing is that after you ovulate in your second half of your cycle, so fall and winter, you actually need at least 250 calories more a day. I was going to say, is this when our appetite goes up? Because it does. Because you're going to. It does. You're going to get hungrier. Um, Just because of everything happening within your body, you need more calories. Uh And what I suggest people reach for are those really good complex carbs. So like sweet potatoes, um, quinoa, things like that. That's going to be a slow burning carb. Um, And then into into winter, that is really when your hormones are at their lowest. And so that's why you kind of feel like you're in a little cave, right? Like hibernating, like a little bear. Um, You want to be inward. You want to hang out with yourself most often, cuddle, watch TV, do something that relaxes you. And again, reach for those foods that are going to be really nourishing for that phase. Your bike is a lovely one. It fits with your legs. And as the wheels go round and round, you accelerate. When you want to slow again, you pull upon the brakes. Whooshing round and up and down, no need to concentrate. No thought required, you slip along. In sync with all about, it's when you think that things go clink and throws your rhythm out. Throws your rhythm out. So fascinating. Oh How God. liberating to be able to live your life in tune with your body rather than feeling like you're fighting against it or it's talking a language that you don't understand. For um for quite a long time, I didn't have um, the actual winter phase, the period phase, because I was on the merino coil and it just stopped all my periods. Ah. So I felt completely out of sync. I never really understood if my mood was because of my hormones or because of something ah. external to me. And I never really felt like I was in sync with how my body was feeling. And now that I'm off the, that and things are beginning to regulate again, this is such perfect timing. So is that a thing then for like women who are on contraceptive, like coils and the pill? Are they less in touch with their cycle? In fact, I think you said, didn't you, Leslie, that this this is why you've got into what you do now, isn't it? I was on birth control for 16 years before I came off. And, and really, it was that hellscape that happened post pill that put me into this whole way of living and this line of work who I was then versus who I am now we don't even know her (laughs) um just because it's and and I was I was like so many other people right very in my masculine energy hustle 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 I saw success as a badge of honor and and for me to be successful, it had to be stressful and struggling. And, and, you know, as I climbed the corporate ladder of, of television news, you know, I was constantly in my masculine. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, you know, I'm not in TV anymore and I'm a, I'm a period coach and, and all these other things that I could never have imagined my life being, but my relationship with my body is so much better um yeah. my my cycle is fantastic um and i am acutely aware of like the little subtle shifts and my husband is too oh, right <laughs> like he he and i have um gone through this together in a lot of ways he knows way more about a period than a man ever thought he would <laughs> <laughs> and and this is this is really important cuz there's especially when you're in a relationship isn't there you know there's two of you in it and women are so 
we've been so written off if we're hormonal or if we're upset. Oh, it's or, just a big joke, isn't and, it? Yes. And actually, yeah. we're at the mercy of this fluctuating hormonal shape mm-hmm. and we often don't know what's going on or why. Right. Um, I was going to ask, I mean, obviously you've, you've explained some of this, but what exactly does a period coach do and, and who might come and see you? So a period coach is somebody who is part educator and part cheerleader. That's what I say. I say that, you know, we go on an exploration within your menstrual cycle together. And for me, the people I often work with are those who are coming off of the pill and want to start looking at getting pregnant. Um, People with hormonal imbalances, those who have endometriosis, which is an incredibly painful um, inflammatory disorder that basically means that part of your uterine lining grows outside of the uterus, and it's just insanely painful. I have also recently started working with several teenagers um, to help them understand how to start from, you know, from the ground up, you know, if I had had this information as a teenager, can you imagine? Mm. Oh my God, the shit that I would not have allowed into my sphere yeah, would have just been astronomical. Um, and then, yeah, that's usually who I work with. People who feel like something's missing, but maybe they can't quite put their finger on it. Right. But maybe they're hearing a call because that was certainly me. I kept hearing this voice saying like, something's missing Something is blocking your ability to feel feminine, your creativity, your flow. And then it was sort of an aha, like, oh, it's the pill. I was on birth control to prevent myself from getting pregnant because I was so terrified of getting pregnant. And and I think that's also really essential to to talk about because the reason I was so afraid of getting pregnant is because of the piss poor education I had around Mm. reproductive health. So I'm not exactly sure how it is in the UK, but here in the States, especially where I lived, which was in the deep South, the Bible belt, Mm. it was basically like, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant or you'll get an STD and you'll die. (laughs) Like those are the options. And so it was very much an abstinence based form of education. My dad was a preacher. So I even had more religious guilt. And so I was terrified of getting pregnant and I had no, I I thought that I could get pregnant. (laughs) Let's just talk about teenage Leslie. I thought I could get pregnant. Like if I got my boyfriend's semen on my hand and later went to wipe. So what I would do is like scald my hands in burning hot water. Oh my love. And then just drip dry. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, I am not, you know, like I was terrified. And so All of that was the reason why I thought I only had birth control to rely on for pregnancy prevention, because I didn't understand things like the fertile window. I didn't understand that you are not fertile every day of your cycle. But that was what they'd had me believe as a child. Like, I thought I could get pregnant. Like I said, wiping myself. If a boy looked at me wrong, a hot tub together with a boy. Like, that's the shit that was Mm. ingrained in me. And it's like, it's just... Yeah, wow. it's terrifying. It's still a thing here in the States. I live in Texas. I have I have looked into teaching in schools. And I, I'm sure I never will be able to just because the curriculum they currently used is like worth the weight. Like the fucking title is called worth the weight. That's your reproductive health. Wow. Wow. Curriculum. Well, waiting until marriage. We sure are. Yeah. Oh, God bless. Well, I tell you what, um, yeah, it's not perfect in Britain, but um, it's definitely better than Texas. Yeah. And also, you can't get abortions freely in Texas, can you? Oh, God. We sure can't. No, no. That's been a really terrifying and upsetting thing, you know, being a period coach and watching the assault on female reproductive rights um, over the last year. No, Texas is like leading the way in pushing us backwards Um, and it's horrifying and frustrating Um, but I think that's why it's so essential to understand your cycle to understand when you need to make sure you have protection Um, at this point we can still get plan B Mm. but understanding how plan B even works um, plan B doesn't really work very effectively if you're over a certain weight and it won't work if you've already ovulated what's plan B and they don't like morning after pill oh right okay yeah the morning after pill Mm. yeah with the, the the just the monitoring how your body's changing on a that monthly cycle and living within that, do you talk to women how to manage that as they go into the kind of perimenopausal part of their life? Yes, absolutely. And it's fascinating because 
a lot of people who do come to me are in their late 40s or early 50s um, because they want to feel connected to themselves, even though they're moving into a phase of life where their menstrual cycle might be shifting. So what I talk to them about is as you get towards perimenopause, your cycles will often get longer and longer and longer. And so what you'll usually find is that you are stuck in inner spring. And being stuck in inner spring, while it is Gwen's favorite cycle, uh, cycle <laughs> phase, <laughs> it can get so draining, right? Like, think mm. about that fact. You have such high energy for so long, you can't ever rest. Right. Like, you never feel the natural decline. It would be like if we were perpetually in spring and everything was growing and growing and growing and growing out of control. We wouldn't get into harvest. We wouldn't get into the fallow season of winter. And so... It's really essential for people who are moving into that phase to take care of themselves, to rest and and to understand that while your cycle might be 60 to 80 days long, um, there are things that you can do to help yourself feel more cyclical. So often what I would have people who are of that age range and of those life experiences do is look to the moon in order to help them feel like they are still in tune with their cycle. And after menopause, when you no longer bleed, sinking with the moon is the way to still experience this cyclical body. And that's how we would do it thousands and thousands of years ago, right? Like we lived in tune with the seasons and the moon. So if you're someone who's experiencing cycles that are extremely long, but you really yearn to still feel like you're you know, moving through these different phases, um, the phase of rest and the phase of work and the yin and the yang, I would say, look to the moon. Mm. So the easiest way to explain how to sync your cycle with the moon or to use the moon as sort of the guide for your cycle is to think about when the moon is in new, the new phase, when it is completely dark in the sky, that would be your inner winter. That would be when you were having your period. And I'm doing air quotes. So As the moon goes from dark to full, that would be as you're moving through inner spring, inner summer is at the full moon. And then when it goes from bright back to dark, that is when you go into inner fall. Gwen and I Mm. love the moon. We're always banging on about the moon on this podcast. I'm so all over this. Yes. (laughs) Ruddy heck, you are so naughty. You make me feel so blooming straight. I can feel myself submitting And my mind deteriorate Why does this happen when you're near me? You get that twinkle in your eye You can't know what you're doing to me (laughs) I feel so fruity, I could die Cause you are such a potty mouth was such a cookie nut A wackadoodle loon Yes, that's you A wackadoodle loon This has really reminded me I had a flatmate who I'm going to admit I probably internally mocked slightly at the time and now I'm going to eat those words but she was really in tune with her cycle And she was following, she was in a women's group and they were following like Native American practices. And what you were saying about the moon, that, that, because they call it the moon, don't they? And she referred to her period as the moon. And every, and I think there was something about they would go up and light a fire and have to keep the fire going for the three days of the, of the, of menstruating. Were they doing a red tent? Is that what it is? Red tent is, yeah. So is that what Native Americans used to do back in the day? So indigenous people all over the world, Mm. and still today there are some in, I believe it's Asia, these matrilineal tribes would take time out to be what we refer to as red tent. They probably have some other name for it. But it is a time when those who are menstruating would come together for storytelling and, and community and sisterhood. And those who weren't menstruating would take care of them. You know, they would do the washing up. They would do the cooking and the cleaning and and kind of like be very reverent and respectful toward these people who were menstruating because looking at it from a spiritual perspective and in a lot of these matrilineal tribes, they would see these people who were bleeding as directly connected to the divine. 
at that point. Mm, okay. And so you would have elders go and talk to these people and like, okay, what should we do for the next moon cycle? Where should we hunt? Where should we move? What, what kind of tribal issue do they need to sort out? And the other thing that I find so fascinating is that it was a time when all these women would come together to be in community and to be, you know, in true sisterhood. And I think that that's something that's vastly lacking um, in our society today in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, but I imagine that it was also, you know, a time when, you know, there was much less competition between women like they right. they they were revered at that point also, because when you look at the history of world religion you know, it's only been for about the last 5,000 years that we've had very patriarchal, um, uh. godlike male religions. Prior to that, these people were worshiping the goddess because why? Because women gave birth. Women were source of life. So, of course, their deity was a female deity. Mm. Um, but when we look and we saw, you know, more male deity type religions take over and we see the rise of patriarchy and especially especially over the last several centuries, you see the the subversion of women. You see them mm. being put into submission, the silencing of the womb. Um, and this was even before the witch trials, right? Like seeing that these women in that red tent were the source of power. And that was scary to the dudes. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so they had to silence that. And so for me, as I do this work, and one of the, the key tenets in my in my work is seeing that this is your superpower. This is what makes you divine. And this is what is going to not only help you in the more practical parts of your life, up your productivity, make you happier, can also boost your sex drive. But it's also going to make you feel like you're lit from within because you are this channel to source. That's a nice way of flipping your headspace and then looking at it from a completely different direction. Right. And I think that that's what's so essential. I think that the shame that we have been taught to feel about this part of ourselves is so deeply ingrained. I've never met a single person who at least at one point in their life wasn't a little ashamed of their cycle. And it could just be something as simple as, oh, there's a cute guy at the clerk in the checkout line and I have to buy tampons like I don't want to do it, mm. you know, oh, yeah. or asking yeah. a boyfriend to grab you pads. Right. So I've never met a person who wasn't at least at one point in their life a little ashamed of it. And so if I can just make one person start thinking differently about their cycle and feel like it is an empowering perspective versus something that they need to be ashamed of and hide and feel is gross, then I'll have done my job. Yeah. Now, you were talking about us living in a patriarchy, and I just want to make this clear. We're not bashing men because we know that you guys no. have also got to live in a patriarchy. So it sucks they for sure all do. of us, okay? Um, <laughs> and so I really do feel that, like Kate was saying earlier, we're so out of touch with our cycles, and we would have historically been more sensitive and in sensitive to it. Um, but that is because we're operating within capitalism which is part of patriarchy and we're trying to be effective between nine to five monday to friday which is not mm. at all fitting in with our cycles so how do we turn it around then how can we operate obviously maybe easier for us who are freelance but um mm. how can we all <laughs> how can we all within the uh, confines of patriarchy and capitalism sync more with our cycles well i think that it's in the little choices that you you make every day Right. I mean, yes, I quit my job after doing this work, <laughs> but you certainly don't have to do that. Um, I think the most important thing is to one, start listening to what your body says and start to facilitate a relationship with your body. And I understand that that might be something you've never thought of. I, as someone who had 20 years of eating disorders and was on the pill, you know, certainly didn't want to be in partnership with my body for most of my life. Um, and I judged my body and I really hated my body. And so the first thing is to start understanding that your body wants to be your friend. And and this is the longest relationship you're ever going to have. So you better make it a good one. Yeah. Um, and so just doing little things, right? Like if you're tired, take a nap or, you know, take the bus versus going for a walk to get to work or, or whatever. And then also looking at how you're caring for your yourself on a deeper level. So what's your stress like? 
you know, obviously the world is a stressful place, but could you do things to make your stress a little less? I'm not saying you have to make these massive, massive changes. It's just a million little things you can do in order to make yourself feel more in tune. I like to try these things out for ourselves and we have a deep wish and dream that you would like to do it along with us. So we asked Leslie to set us all a challenge. Yeah, I would think that starting to ask yourselves those questions every single day. How do I feel physically, mentally, spiritually and emotionally? How can I nourish myself today? What would I complain about to a friend? And what's going great? Starting every day and asking yourselves those questions, having that data point to start building upon will help you look at your cycle from an entirely new perspective. And I believe wholeheartedly if you stick to it over the next two or three cycles, because it does take a bit of time, right, to get all the data. When you look at your cycle from that kind of upper lens, you will be surprised at how many things suddenly get into focus. Give it a try, give it a try, won't you please give it a try, yes you should, give it a try, won't you? Thank you so much to Leslie for taking the time to talk to us all the way from that there, Texas. And if you want to find out more about Leslie and the work that she does, then head to lesliedraffin.com. I'll put the link in the um, show notes, but that's D-R-A-F-F-I-N, lesliedraffin.com. And can I just say how fascinating it was to talk to a woman in Texas? It was, wasn't it? It was an interesting insight to have that first person chat as opposed to reading about it in the papers. Yes. And just what a different upbringing she's had. Preacher father in the deep south and their access to sex education and like, fuck in hell. Just, um, yeah, really, really fascinating and so glad so grateful that she came on our podcast great to talk yeah. to you yeah great to talk definitely. to definitely yeah um that makes me think about a documentary i watched last night called period end of sentence and it's a short documentary and i watched it because it either won last year or it's been nominated for this year's oscars for best short documentary ah. and it's about this community of women in rural a rural community in south india and um a charity Um, is helping them make their own sanitary pads and sell them. So they're making them because a lot of these women just have no education through no fault of their own about uh, puberty, basically. Mm. Um, And they know little, the men know even less. They've got no sanitary products that they're having to use bits of dirty cloth and Mm. etc. So I mean, it's awful. And this charity is helping them. And by making them and selling them, they're then also getting an income, which they didn't have. So it's this sort of multi-layered initiative, which is just brilliant. And it was just such a beautiful little documentary. And it just, it just really hit home the different experiences that women have in different places around the world, depending on the access to education and poverty levels yeah of i mean and that affects people in the uk as well as to whether they're able to afford sanitary products and anyway i'm going off on a tangent here no but no but i i that's oh, it's a just, really it's good huge. it's a really good point and actually it made me think i always donate you know in the you know when you're at a service station and on the back <laughs> yes. of the toilet they've got the action aid yes um and you just like text and it's three quid or something yeah and, and yeah, it made me think of that, that there's girl, yeah. and it talks about, I think it's girls in Africa that they're targeting, isn't it? That, um, yeah, when they've got their period, they can't go to school because they've got enough. They've, but also, like you said, it happens in this country as well, yeah. that people living in poverty can't afford sanitary products and can't go to school. Exactly. There were quite a lot of women in this film who had dropped out of school permanently because they just couldn't cope with managing that monthly cycle and being in school and the hygiene level of it you know if you don't have any hygiene products and you're trying to go to school and you've got to walk to get there uh, uh, just awful and so they they drop out of school and that's it that's the end of that for them and yeah it's really it's worth a watch actually it's only 20 minutes I would recommend it to anybody but anyway back in the room back to back to our Leslie hey did you did you have a think about 
the questions then did what resonated with you from this conversation um, I've asked you well, two separate questions there. Which one should we go with first? <laughs> well, let's get on with the questions then. So, yes, yeah. I had a go. Now, I yeah. found them a little bit tricky. Mm. I think I think basically the importance, isn't it, is is tracking how yeah. you feel every day. Yeah. Um, I've, I have to say I did get myself in a slight tangle when I was like, right, how do I feel physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally? How do I feel spiritually? <laughs> but I think it's okay. The, the idea is to do it every day or at least semi-regularly. And mm. so some days you're a bit like, meh, don't know how I feel spiritually. Another day you might be like, I, I feel like the Dalai Lama. I'm up there. Yeah, so, I guess mm. that's it, isn't it? And I think what I found actually... Um, because, well, seeing as we're tracking, I am one week after the start of my last period. Mm-hmm. So I'm in spring, which, oh, as we all know blooming. by now, is my favourite season. You do so, look particularly perky today, Gwen. <laughs> don't lie. Still in my pyjamas <laughs> at 20 past five. Anyway, <laughs> working from home. Um, anyway, I did find that generally I was writing... Okay. Yeah, physically I feel okay. I mean, I'm tired. I'm not very fit. I'm feeling overweight. <laughs> Mentally, um, I'm okay. Yeah, feeling yeah. quite productive, quite on it today. Spiritually, I was like, okay. <laughs> You're a seven. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm probably not very spiritual because I've been very distracted by my phone today about 100, 500 times. Uh-huh. Emotionally, I've literally... Re- feel okay <laughs> <laughs> little so, miss okay i know but i kind of feel what i i kind of i'm really interested obviously we've only been doing this for the last week haven't we yeah um i really did think i know i'll feel different in a week yeah and these answers will be very different so yeah. this just so this is really affirmed to me that my springtime is my good time is your good times yes yeah. well that's great and now that you've got a kind of grasp of that and you'll begin to get a firmer grasp of when that is you can start maybe adjusting your plans and life to fit around that yeah exactly exactly and so what I've been doing, so like I said, today was the first time I actually did those questions. <laughs> but um, what I've been doing, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible because, you know, we yeah. talked about we've got these apps on our phones. I can never remember to fill them out. I've put a, di- a calendar up on my wall in my office. And my idea is that I'll just put like a couple of keywords that will sum up how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so hopefully, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fits nicer. Uh, but I put like the gym on Thursday. Um, I had kind of medium energy, you know. Yeah. And um, like yesterday, I was feeling quite feisty and got a bit angry with something. Yeah. And you know, so just writing down those little buzzwords. Yeah. And so hopefully, we'll get uh, we'll get um, to see a picture over the month. Yeah. But again. You know, I started a week ago. I did two days, forgot. And so today I've gone in and tried to fill it in retrospectively. So I guess it's just building a new habit, isn't it? And try and just remember to do that. Totally. And that's it. And this is a long term thing. This is not like a quick hit, is it? This is like get your know yourself over a number of months rather than a number of days. Yeah. How about you? Did you you do these every day or have you just done them a couple of times? So I didn't do the specific questions every day. Like you, I've done them a couple of times. What I have been doing, I mentioned it earlier in the interview that I've got this app called balance and i have been every day going in that and it's got all sorts of areas where you similar things really you log how you're feeling physically how you're feeling emotionally any information about your um your like if you've got your period or not and all that sort of stuff so i've been doing that because that Ah. that appeals to my nature because then you get like a little graph reading and you can see you can this is what i'm wondering yes do you get to see a report of some kind Yeah. yeah you do you get a full overview of whatever period of time you want to look at basically so you can see any repetitions in pattern of um, emotions and physical symptoms etc etc so that really appeals to me I like that a lot so I've been doing that too soon really to have got any bigger picture but Mm. there were a few things that came up for example a couple of weeks ago I think it was there was a week where I just what I just so I rent an office space in the city centre and for this week, I was just like, I can't, I just didn't want to go to it. I just wanted to work from home. And normally, mm. I would have given myself a bit of a hard time about that. I would have been like, oh, well, maybe, what's wrong with me? Why haven't I got the enthusiasm for it? Maybe I should give up the desk, you know. I'd beaten myself up, really, for, and began yeah. questioning and second-guessing myself. But I realised at what stage I was in my cycle, and that actually I was like, oh, don't don't beat yourself up. Just lean into it. Let yourself work from home. Yeah. Next week, you'll be full of the joys of spring and ready to 
bounce back in there again. It's not a big deal. And so that's what it was. It made me realise it's not a big deal. Don't start catastrophizing about why suddenly this week you need to be a bit hibernating. Yeah, and beating yourself up or judging yourself. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Just let it happen and go with it. And then the next week, oh, great, I feel full of energy. I'm aware people listening to this who work in actually have to go to work you know if you work in a hospital school whatever you're like well that's nice love yeah Yeah. lucky you I can only speak from my own experience I'm very aware of the reality though that lots of people have different work-life balances but for me that that was something that it made me aware of and that's that was good that made me feel a bit more in balance and a bit more understanding of what was going on in my body and why I was feeling like I was feeling yeah good well like I was saying when I was working nine to five that I did get to recognize that when I, you know, I used to have to write funding applications and I used to have to write press releases and all this stuff. And at certain parts of the month, I couldn't. Yeah. And I all I could do was literally enter figures into a stro- spreadsheet. And I got to know that, yeah, around my period, I was good for not much. I couldn't be creative. Yes, and so I knew that I could I would just have to put that piece of work back and wait for a few days until until I was feeling creative so I guess that's it isn't it yeah it's harnessing it and I remember having to go and present an award ceremony and just finding it really hard and I was just not feeling confident or articulate and every and I was being told to speed up and stuff like that and oh god I still feel awful about it but anyway and I got home basically had my period the next day Uh, I'm like of course I should have been laying on my couch last night yeah and just and and so I guess, you know, I wouldn't have had the op- opportunity to actually say, look, can you move your award ceremony? Because yes. I've got to have my period the next day. Yeah. No, mind. It'll be fine. Yeah. But there, there, there can be times in life where we can go, do you know what? I'm not going to be at my best at yes. that time. Yeah. So let's make it a week later. Yeah, if it's possible to adjust things yeah. around that, great. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just to feel like you're playing to your strengths rather than battling against them, that's a nice way to live. Yeah, exactly. So the big question is, Kate, will you do it again? I will. I'm going to really, I've really got into using this app and I think that's going to be my tool for getting a grasp for how my monthly cycle, any patterns I can see in that. The questions, I think I, if I'm going to be totally realistic, I Mm. probably won't ask myself those questions every day. Maybe if I'm having a tough day, it's a good way of focusing your mind on like, what actually is going on? Why do I actually feel like this? Mm. But I think I will be mindful of what my body and my mind is feeling like in relation to my cycle and use the app as a tool for doing that. Yeah, nice. What about you? Well, same with the questions. Aspirational me would like to use them regularly, but Mm. realistic me knows that's not really going to happen. Yeah even though they are a great way of kind of digging a bit deeper, um, I would really like to just continue writing my notes on my calendar and try and get a pattern. I would love that. Mm. It is remarkable how we have this every month and yet we're so out of touch with it. I would definitely like to get more in tune with it and just just recognise and just be able to go, oh, yes, this is why I'm hungry extra hungry or this is why I'm extra pissed off it's part of my cycle yeah. that I think that would be super super useful so maybe I'll remember to do it aspirational <laughs> me says yes excellent we love aspirational <laughs> Gwen we're gonna go with that <laughs> for listening to Write Up My Podcast. We love to hear from you, so email us at writeupmypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at writeupmine. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen and if you listen over on Apple, then we would love it if you could leave us a rating. Five stars would be awesome. And a review, please. Oh, and please tell your friends. We're sure they'd love it too. And why not head over to Patreon, where you will find The Rump Club, where for the price of a mere cup of coffee a month, you can join us along with other Rump Club members and get access to extra wiffle waffle from Gwen and I and all sorts of cheeky little bits of content. We would love to see you down there. So that's patreon.com slash writeupmypodcast. And thank you, as always, to our fabulous team of people that help us out. Andy G on the music and Erica Francis George on the artwork. Thank you, lovely, lovely people. We will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. But meanwhile, keep trying things. 
to make you feel good. Bye-bye. Tell me. Did you like the podcast, Brian? No! Oh. If unlike Brian you thought our podcast was really great, then don't hold back, like, subscribe and tell your mate. But if like Brian you thought our podcast wasn't fun, then just keep quiet, don't feel the need to tell anyone. Oh, we'd love to hear from you if you've got some thoughts to share, such rich and lovely views that all should be aware of. But I hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great. And if you did, like, subscribe and tell your mate. Cause we don't need grumpy pants bringing everybody down. No, we don't need negative Nellies making people frown. No. So I hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great and if you did like subscribe and tell your mate